Hey y'all, this is your host, Elise Robinson, with Nobody Wants to Work Though podcast. I hope these stories will inspire you to switch careers. I was an auditor in my past life, and now I'm in tech. And let's get to it. We are Switch Into Tech, tech resources to accelerate your career in information technology. Monthly classes on tech topics. We offer free or discounted exam vouchers, scholarships, free Udemy courses, free events, free boot camps, and more. You can find us at www.switchintotech.org. Hey, y'all. This is Elise Robinson with Nobody Wants to Work Though podcast. Today we have Carla. And she's going to tell us about an interview horror story. I'm excited to have her because, I mean, like we, we chat off and on every now and then. But uh, go ahead, Carla, give us an introduction. Well, thank you for um, interviewing me and having me on. My name is Carla R. Jenkins. I am certified in IT, cloud computing, and project management. I have 15 years of experience in both the public and private sector. And uh, I've started out in IT, actually in high school through programming. Then I got into SAS, which is statistical analysis software in graduate school. And I leveraged that skill set to work eight years with the federal government. I received my project management professional certification and transitioned to the private sector where I am currently. And I do a lot of work in education technology. So I help people get certifications, but I also do a lot of, you know, cloud computing and cloud migration. So thank you for having me on here. Definitely, definitely. I didn't I didn't know you was an ex-fed. I'm an ex-fed too. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, go ahead and I mean, shoot, let's get right on into it. Tell us about the horror story. Sure. So one of the the interview the the interview horror stories I had was I was interviewing at a cloud company, and I had I went through all of the interviews. So the first round, I talked to the person, made it to the second round, did my presentation, um, went to the third round with the hiring manager, went to the third round. I was supposed to get interview prep and I didn't get interview prep. So I didn't do well on the final leg. I also didn't know why I got two people of the five people interview in round three that were nowhere connected to what I would be potentially doing or that, that division of the company. So I didn't get the position, but the HR person had to go to tell me, he didn't schedule my um, interview prep because he just started there, but I needed a six month cool down period. I was like, what? I was amazed that that happened simply because it was his fault and he acted, he tried to throw it um, on me. And that was just amazing. Then I have a second one with a different cloud provider and I was going for a product product manager position. They got in contact with me. And so, you know, I interviewed for the position and it was very different than the other cloud providers. They had me do like things that weren't specifically related to the interview. So I had to do like these different types of brain teasers, which didn't make sense to me on why I would be doing it because it was irrelevant to the job. So I remember I had to do something that was like drone related or something, but I wasn't dealing with drones, artificial intelligence or any of that. 
that I was actually doing product manager position for that particular cloud. So they came back and said um, that, you know, I, once again, it's always this cool down period that I needed. So I was like, you know, I'm not going to do this anymore. And then another opportunity presented itself with public sector because I have federal background. I also worked as an economist and that on Office of Personnel Management, which is the federal government's HR, says that economists is the mission critical job. That means that's one of the most important jobs that the government is sourcing for. I worked in the federal government as an actual economist. So I interviewed for them. The person comes back, the recruiter comes back and tells me that the person who was going for the cloud public sector job said that he didn't think I was a good fit. I was like, okay, even though the federal government said I was a great fit and that's exactly what they're looking for. So those are like three of my interview horror stories here that I have just in just with cloud. And they always want to say they can't find anybody, which is untrue. They always say that you need to be prepared they always say, you know, you need to read the job description and everything. But here we are in three different instances. It was uh, either they weren't prepared for HR or they give you stuff that was irrelevant or they just say, okay, well, we don't need you, which was weird because they're working with the government. Definitely. Um, I interviewed <laughs> at Microsoft for a product manager position and uh, he had me like basically design a thermostat. And mind you, I had at that point, I had been gone out of the U.S. for like almost six years. Right. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I totally remember what a thermostat looks like, you know, like people don't understand that having central heating and air is, is, is a luxury. And in most countries, you, you, you don't have that. So there's no thermostat. You might, if you have AC, you might have something on the wall. That's just a, a AC that blows out in one room. Like, and it, it's supposed to cool your whole house or apartment. Right. And I was like, I, I don't remember even what a thermostat looks like. And, and, you know, when I came back to the States, you know, I controlled everything from my phone. So I really wasn't fooling with a thermostat anyways. So, um, you know, of course I failed because I'm like, you know, all the things like, uh, you know, you're going to give me one where I'm like, I don't even have experience with it. I haven't had any recent experience with it. I'm like, I've been gone so long. Like, I don't remember what a thermostat even shoot does <laughs> so i get you on a product manager one and yeah they'll they'll lie and say there's shortages and you know they, they need these positions and stuff but you know we we out here floating in the wind so they must not need people that bad um i'll have to do a, my own another interview where, well i didn't even get an interview but I'll, I'll say that one for another day you probably seen my post on it but uh, that one was really crazy because I mean, yeah, I, I, I saw the I only saw person on this on earth that. that could fit it. <laughs> that was the crazy part. Like I, I was like legit the only person. So and they still were like, nope, <laughs> right? Because they have in mind who and like what they they want to hire. I have some more. Uh, speaking of what you just said. 
how about this? I had situations where I would apply for a position, the applicant tracking system would kick it out. And then I got a phone call later today about the position. I was like, oh, well, I was like, you know, thank you very much. Um, I forwarded the, the, you know, the decline email and everything. I had another situation where I was interviewing for a cloud admin position. The description said cloud admin. I get in the interview and they were like, oh, can you do cloud engineer? So I was like, well, those are two different positions. And he asked me to describe it. So I was like, well, you know, cloud administrator is identity access management. It's mostly regarding high availability. You want to make sure people have permission to deal with these privileges. Cloud engineering is mostly with the network, making sure that everything is up and, and also not just high availability, but also fault tolerance. And you can give a redundancy in case, say, an availability zone or a region, you know, fails. And it was just weird that they think that, you know, they'll try to put, I'm noticing they're trying to put two things together a lot of times for these positions and they sometimes don't overlap and they expect you to be able to do that because an administrator skill set is different than the cloud engineer skill set too. And I had an interview like that. Then another interview that I had uh, for a, a, a position was when I interviewed for, I actually interviewed for another cloud. So went through the interview, had a panel interview immediately. I actually had the cloud certification and it's not one of the big ones, but I managed to get one of the you know certifications in that um, I talked to the person, they like ghosted me. And then it was like months later, they came back and it was like, oh, well, we have a new record. We've been thinking uh, about you and everything. No, they didn't. They probably hired that other person fired and then want to roll back to you and think that you're still available for those opportunities. I never really go back to that because this is the thing. And people don't understand it. It's not just cloud. What it is, is this. If you didn't get accepted for the position, they come back for the same thing. They most likely have something in HR for you saying, okay, this person wasn't good enough for this job. So if you accept the position and it may go left or something, then they already have a file on you saying, well, you weren't considered based on this. And that's also what they're going for. So that's something that people also need to watch out and look for also. Yeah, I never thought about that. Because um, my whole thing is, is if you you were a good, because let me back it up. There was a there was a, a a Twitter post the other day that I I was going through, and they were like culture fit or skills. Which one would you rather hire for? And you know, um, it was a, a couple hundred responses, and most people were saying culture fit and they can train for skills and so my thing is if you pass the culture fit you know why would you just let that person go like you should try to find them something else in the company but you know the, these companies just waste their time and waste your time and you know they could have found another position for you if you were this so-called culture fit or whatever so um that's one thing i don't understand and i will say that supposedly that was how Microsoft kicked it to me was that, you know, if, we, if this wasn't the right one, they would find another one for me. But um, I can't say that there's there's been other companies that have ever, you know, kicked it to me that way. Um, 
And I've been, I've talked to all of them, uh, every company, probably all of the Fortune 500 at this point. So, so yeah, like, no, like, you know, it's, it's crazy to me that definitely leave you is, out there. Right. It definitely is a cultural thing. And I, I can definitively say that. And I'm, I, I'm glad you brought this up because I, it, I, I learned actually through through Microsoft um, when they were when the pandemic first started in 2020 and they were doing the monthly cloud skills challenges and they and you finish the learning and you get a free you know all purpose voucher. That's when I learned I had the background to do the math background to do artificial intelligence machine learning. So I got my AI in 100, then I got the AI in 100. So I'm a certified artificial intelligence engineer. I know for a fact that when they do stuff or keywords, they are only looking for a specific group of people or specific stuff. And what I always do is I look at the makeup of people, like when they have all their employees on LinkedIn, I do look at that because you want to know where they're putting people and what their backgrounds are. And I'll never forget, it was a leading you know, artificial intelligence, machine learning, it was people, it was, it was Silicon Valley and everything. And I never forget that I just got my um, AI 100. The new one is AI 102. I got that in, I think, June of 2021. No lie, within, I, I applied for this position. A week later, some recruiter reached out to me and it was a Silicon Valley thing. So it did prove to me that they are looking for certain people, certain backgrounds, certain things. And even though people are talking about like non-tech and the scrum master and the project manager and in the delivery and the designer and all that, if you don't have that hard like math background or computer science, science, technology, engineer, mathematics, I think that that's really what they were looking for. And I think that that's what they're really looking for, for like cultural fit and everything. And they should just come out and say, okay, we're going back to, you know, the original IT, the original science, technology, engineering, because they put out there that they were going to take on more positions, more people from different walks of life. And then you turn around and that wasn't the case. But I had that happen to me too, where you're getting invites from places and people um, just based on like what your background is. And don't sleep on LinkedIn. They do go and look at it. They go in and, and find the connections and everything. Yeah, I see the thing is like skills, skills is one thing, you know. Um, and culture right. is a whole nother. And I think I don't fit the mm -hmm. culture because I, you know, regardless of being a woman in race, you know, I have an accounting background. So therefore, I'm very comfortable in front of people doing presentations and, you know, doing things like this, right? Right. Um, and, you know, people are just sitting there in the interview and they're just, I call them a bump on a log and it's like, well... Well, I know I'm not getting this because, like, you know, I'm animated, smiling, you know, and right. like, <laughs> yeah, 
you know, um, even when I was at Microsoft and stuff, like my mentor was a, a computer science, uh, no, he was a math major and stuff. And so, you know, I'd be like, good morning. And he'd be like, oh my God, <laughs> you know, so, but, you know, I can do tech stuff too, you know, like I had the mm -hmm. tech, tech brain, like I love math, I love chemistry and physics and stuff like right. that. Um, so it's, it's, it's very rough. It's very rough for me. Um, you know, cause I'm, I'm perfectly capable of sitting in the corner, you know, programming for hours on end, you know, like I create my own stuff, but, you know, being in these positions, it's like, hell no. Like I just got out of an interview earlier and they were just sitting there like, okay. <laughs> they don't want you balanced. I noticed that when I started work as an economist, I had all those people just like that. They were all very analytical people. And I realized that I had to improve my communication skills significantly because I didn't want to be those people who were insanely brilliant, but didn't know how to hold a conversation, didn't know how to communicate with non-tech people. And you have to be able to do that. So when, when you do, they'll put in the job interview that you need to have soft skills, you need to communicate, you need to do all that. A but then when you get there, all of those people, <laughs> they just they just stick behind their code and all of that other stuff, but not necessarily being able to speak, carry a conversation and talk to people outside of science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. Definitely. And that's, that's what I'm finding. So, you know, I'm like, do I stick with it? Do I just, you know, go do something else? Go back to accounting, audit, risk, you know, like what, what do I do? Um, cause yeah, I'm in, I'm in a master's program for my, for data science, you know, cause I, I I've always yeah. loved math. I love programming, you know, statistics, um, you know, audit is heavy statistics, but, uh, I'm just like, am I wasting my time? Cause you know, I'm going on these, on these interviews and stuff and, oh, you know, give my math sure. data science. And I'm just like, am I wasting my time? Cause I, I don't fit the mold. So, you know, like I'm saying, regardless of being a woman or race, it's like, okay, you know, I don't, you know, I've always been very forward, you know, and animated. I like to smile, you know, I don't sit there like a bump on a log, you know, I do things like this presentations and stuff. And, you know, they're like, you know, uh, what what do we do with you? So um, so yeah, I I don't know, but um, I don't know. Maybe the feds will take me back. <laughs> okay. Have you have you thought about doing something like QuickBooks or any type of accounting like sales? I hate accounting. I I hate accounting. I'm I will okay. So have you thought about doing anything like Power BI? Well, Power BI is Microsoft. Anything like what type of data science you want to do? Python? You want to do R? Uh, I don't know. I mean, like, you know, I don't know if this is classified as 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 machine learning, but you know, I built I built a Twitter bot and a LinkedIn bot, and it basically scrapes data for me and you know helps with my business. So it's like, you know, those are the type of things I want to do, like you know, analyzing statistics and things like that. So. Okay. I don't know. Shoot. <laughs> yeah, there's a there's a lot of positions, but you can look you can look in. Uh, you can also look at sports. The different sports they all they're big with statistics. Mm -hmm. Like right yeah, now, I have watched, Bowl, uh, they they want and those are thirty two teams you can go to. 
Yeah, there was a video in my program where it was a it was a, a lady and she was she worked for I think it was the NBA, like literally the NBA, and she did the their statistics and data science for them and stuff. So sure, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, you know that I mean there's lots of opportunity, it's just but Our those would be great because sports people like people who have personality. <laughs> they actually call them personalities. So you would fit in there because you would have the balance of the statistics, you know, with the math, the Major League Baseball, NCAA is doing that. They they would need people right now as of this recording this February. So they would need people institutes for March Madness. They're probably hiring for that. And so it's a lot of I think, you know, sports, because you have to be a personality, you have to be vibrant. That would be no. a, a great opportunity no. for you. I, I have to say the lady that was in the video, I could tell she was one of those people. <laughs> like she had, okay. to, she had to force it out. Like she was probably like, oh, she probably had to mentally uh, prepare for the interview because she was one of those people. But um <laughs> You know, like I'm saying, of course, there's there's lots of opportunity. I see the positions all yeah. the time. It's just, you know, am I going to be the culture fit? You know what I'm saying? Right. So, you know, just like there's tons of opportunities supposedly in cloud, but yet, you know, right. you so what is it? Which is it? <laughs> and to me, cloud is is not even, especially the stuff I was doing at Microsoft, it was it was consulting. So you had to be able to talk to people and have customer service and stuff like that. And it wasn't, I don't want to say it wasn't technical because it, it was very technical, but, you know, um, it's consulting. So therefore you have to, you know, have a, a certain type of personality for it. And some of my coworkers were, you know, those people, but, you know, some of them weren't. So, um, you know, there's, there's roles for that, but you know, who hiring? <laughs> right. So for data science, what would you, what would be your, your perfect opportunity? Um, I don't know. I, you know what? I, I probably want to be on like some, some classified secret stuff again. Like I, I really did oh, okay. enjoy that being, being an auditor and, and doing stuff like that. Like I got to do stuff that you know, most people would never do. So I, I really did enjoy that. But uh, I don't know if I want to do it on a military base again. <laughs> that's, sure. that's a whole different ball that. game. <laughs> well, you, I mean, they, they instead of just accounting off, they have like data integrity audits. They have all type of audits. So yeah, you would have a lot, especially when people are talking about like data collection, um, privacy and things like that there there's like a lot of you know auditing that would go regarding that and that's very data specific and data intensive but yeah i like i like data too and it came out of my being in statistics mm-hmm. and just mm-hmm. going from statistics to data sciences uh, one of the things that i've been doing is because I started off in statistics and I'm seeing so much of what you're doing, like whether it's anomaly detection with threat intelligence, data, um, business, it's so many fields that are based on statistics. I often feel like, okay, let's just see like what, like what angle I want to go to um, 
within this field because one of the things is they have their own stuff. They have their own certifications and everything. And the one thing I didn't want to do is get like all of these certs. Like when you know and you have the background for so much stuff, it would give the appearances. Oh, she's just doing this, this, this. But no, when you actually have the background, like I said earlier in the interview about artificial intelligence, I had the calculus one, two, three in linear algebra and calculus-based stats. So when you had linear algebra and a lot of that was based on that like classification matrices and everything, then it's like, okay, you you have to just say, okay, what direction do you want to put it? Because when you have the math background, it gets so fast. And that's very important because they'll say that they want to have a generalist and train you and all that. But then when you get there, it's something completely different. Right. They just, I right. feel that sometimes when it comes to the interview, they want to find things to disqualify you. Right. And so that's what they would want to do it on. Yeah, you you right about that. Um, so I don't know. I don't I don't know because I'm sitting here like you know should I, should I keep at it? You know I don't I don't know. And you know I applied for some some audit positions. It was like yeah, your audit experience is really old. I'm like, but I went to school for it. Like you you just think like it just disappeared out my brain. <laughs> yes. <laughs> So you know, you're stuck in a rock and a hard place no matter what. <laughs> yeah, but 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 that's important. That's important. It's like especially when something specialized like accounting. Everyone doesn't get into accounting. That's a specialized profession. So like once you get in it, you know what you're doing. It's still gap. It's still generally acceptable accounting principle that hasn't changed in a long time. So that's like I was confused as to why she thought it was old when you probably still had to fit the 150 hours and you still had to do the gap. I know that and I'm not even, I'm, I know that and I'm not even an accountant. I know exactly. that. Exactly. And that's one thing, you know, I tell people, as a matter of fact, there was a, there was a, there was a, a, a high school student and, you know, I talked to them. I talked to them for about two or three hours because they were like, they want to go to tech or, you know, accounting. And I was like, you know, the one thing about audit is, it hasn't changed probably since the freaking be be beginning of time. You know, one plus one is mm. going to equal two. Controls is one thing. Risk is another, you know, and, uh, you know, statistics and stuff like that. And, you know, the difference between that and tech is tech changes every second of every day. You know, you're constantly learning. So, you know, you have to figure out which one you think you're going to be able to handle, you know. Um, but... Uh, yeah, you know, I just, yeah, he was like, yeah, like your experience was old. And I'm like, well, controls don't change. Statistics don't change. One plus one equals two doesn't change. Like the, like you say, in the audit equation gap, you know, like that, that doesn't right. change. So it, yeah. it, it doesn't change. So, and then also another thing is I had a, I had someone, so I was interviewing for a position and out of nowhere, and this was no one, once again, the job description isn't matching what they say. So out of nowhere, it was, well, you, um, we need, do you have this type of agile experience? So I was looking at that, nowhere does it say it. I said, well, yeah, I'll, I, I have it. I had an Inspire certification based on that was, was like a year ago, but like six months ago, because I didn't, I didn't renew it. I could pay the money and renew it, but. I, I gave him a copy of it. I did this. 
moved on to the interview. But that's another thing regarding these job descriptions. You'll submit it, and rather than like cancel it because the requirement changed, you either they get the recruiter to ask you, do you have additional experience in something that isn't on there? Or when you get to the interview, it's completely different than what you applied for. And, you know, I had that experience too, which was like, so now it's like, even if you do get the position, how do you know when you sit there on day one, it won't change again? Oh, it's, it's going to change. It's going to change. <laughs> right. It's it's gonna change most definitely. Um, yeah, I mean, I've I've had quite a few like that. Like uh, VMware got me like that, you know, because I'm like I've never touched VMware before in my life, you know. I I understand the concept of it, but uh, they had me sit through a whole interview, and he was like, "Yeah, but you know, you don't have VMware experience." I'm like, "Well, why am I here? <laughs> a whole hour gone, and." Mm -hmm. You know, I talked to another guy and he was like, well, you don't have this experience. Like, I, I have a technical grid on my resume. Like, it, it ain't listed there, you know. He was like, well, you can you can train on it. And, you know, I typed in the technology. It's a very specific technology. There was only like 50 jobs for it. So I'm going to spend, you know, six weeks training on this. And I still ain't going to get the job, though. Like, make it make sense. Right. <laughs> Right. And then they have the nerve that they ask for something that's so specific. Um, and, and, and also, what's another thing? We've got to go back to artificial intelligence. Why are they now, 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 they just started getting artificial intelligence certification about two, three years ago. Why, why are the job description asking for five to seven years? Look, now, y'all know if you say five to seven years, you're only looking for a specific group of people. Like I went back to that. They, they only want a specific group of people in that if they're saying five to seven or something that's that, you know, the most that the average person doesn't have. So that's something I would say, too, is if it gets outlandish, like um, you need 10 years of seven to 10 years of cloud, then that means you're only looking for a specific group of people. Because most people didn't even know what cloud was until the pandemic when they had to work from home. So that means that most people wouldn't know what cloud computing was to begin with. No, you're so right. Um, I mean, I knew what it was before then because I was doing my own consulting stuff. But I mean, I didn't know what it was until 2016. So that that wasn't that long ago. That legit wasn't right. that long ago. Um, but yeah, I, I, oh, just just a note for people that are listening. If you see a job that says five to seven years experience, and tech, or I don't know if other industries do this because um, I haven't seen it in audit, but go ahead and apply anyway, you know, um, it's, it's just dumb. But, you know, my position at Microsoft, I think said 12 years and I'd never touch Azure a day in my life before that. So, so yeah, <laughs> like they say, culture fit, we can tra train you on the skills. <laughs> But uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know what else to say other than, you know, it's, you know, I will say that 
in the past year, because um, you know, I've been on LinkedIn for a couple years at this point, and in the past year, I've noticed that people are literally begging for for jobs. And I'm like, what is what is the disconnect? Like, I didn't used to see stuff like that. You know, people are like, you know, I've been unemployed three to six months. Some people a year. I talked to a lady. She said 15 months. And I'm just like, oh, my God, you know, like, what is the disconnect on this? You know, um, but I mean, we can we can literally go down the list on reasons, you know. <laughs> yeah, actually, I had a situation like that when I was working with a contract. I, I ended a contract and I was without like a contract for a whole year and I was applying for positions and it forced me to like shift what I was doing. What I will say is that it, it and, and that's another thing I want to bring up. When, when the pandemic first started in 2020, I was way more project management focused. Most of my certifications were in project management item. I took the opportunity to get training, uh, first workforce development training um, in, in cloud. So I got two certifications in Amazon Web Services, the Certified Cloud Practitioner Solutions Architect Associate. And then I learned about Azure and I just started going in that direction because it was offering free opportunities and free labs too, um, which allowed me to upskill and reskill relatively quickly. And then it just snowballed into learning like the Oracle Cloud had something free. Then I would get into these programs. But that's something that I would I would recommend if you feel that you haven't gotten opportunities for three, six months, see whether or not you have your current set of transferable skills and see how you can pivot to other industries that are growing. And I feel that that's very important because then you'll get to meet a new group of people. Um, I'm currently, I have a mentor and she works in like the, the cloud industry. And one of the things is the reason why I talk about transferable skills and meeting new people in the industry is because say you want to work in IT. I, I had to go through my LinkedIn and see whether or not the people I interacted with were still at those companies. Remember, when they're getting rid of 10,000, 12,000 people, some of the people you interacted with aren't there anymore. And you have to see whether or not there's, they're saying this X, Google, X, AWS, X, this, or that. and in some cases, it is that. So that's why I also say, like, if you're, you're without a position, see if you have a current trans, um, transitional skill set, transferable skill set to other industries, you know, which are growing because then you'll meet new people, but you'll also be meeting people who are, who are working and potentially refer you. So I didn't done it all, so I can't. <laughs> I I don't even know what to recommend anymore. You know, I'm like, okay, yeah. well, you know, I know this field needs it. You know, pretty much every field needs how right. You know what I'm saying? They need audit. Oh my gosh, everything is just freezing up. But you know, I'm like, I don't, I don't know what else to do at this point. You know, so it's like. What else, what else is there? You know, you, you check off healthcare and food and tech and, you know, government. And it, I right. mean, <laughs> you just, you just you know, pretty so much go down I the list. <laughs> that 
that they that the the certified trainers i i i am a member of a certified trainer group microsoft certified trainer group i know none of them got the acts and i was thinking i was like well if they still are servicing those contracts and they have to train some of those people those people are still getting positions they're still training the current contract people that they're doing and the certification because i had an interview for like i was going to be a a program a techno a tp a technical program manager for an education for cloud and you were going to go on campus and you were going to work with the universities well nobody who i know thus far who are trainers they got cut so that's a potential opportunity there's still a lot of you know, teaching opportunities out there because they they still have people learning the software and using it. And so they need people to teach the software. So I'm noticing that too. That nobody who ain't, is a Microsoft certified trainer. Ain't nobody hit me up about a trainer position with my with my trainer certification. So I'm just like, okay. So yeah, I, I'm like, I got this for nothing, you know. Um, luckily it was paid for, but you know, I'm like, you know, I applied to a couple positions. Well, that's good. Cricket. Cricket. <laughs> so I, I don't know. I don't know. You know what? Here's a story. It was, I forget the company. I'm drawing a blank on the company, but, uh, the interviewer was saying said that I scared him. And so, you know, I'm looking at his background. I'm like, you, you, you're Weird. accomplished as hell, you know, to me, I really ain't did nothing. You know what I'm saying? But, you know, um, cause you know, if it wasn't for the isms, I could probably be a whole lot farther than, you know, than what, what, what I'm supposed to be. But, um, he literally said he was scared of me and I'm like, scared of me for what? <laughs> like you know your your privilege is showing but yeah <laughs> so i don't know if you like know, it was fright night uh, and, and that that's very weird to hear that it, it was it was very weird you know i'm like i wish i could have recorded it but I was just like, oh my gosh, like, what do you mean scared of me? He was like, yeah, you've done all this stuff. And I'm like, to me, I don't know. And, and that was a man, man, too. Yeah, it was a man. Yeah. Mm. yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, you know, maybe my resume, you know, scares people and stuff like that. But to me, I've, I really haven't done anything spectacular. You know what I'm saying? So I, I don't know. <laughs> but yeah i mean you know oh another thing um somebody said that i jumped around a lot i'm like i, I worked at the feds for six years and i probably would still be there if you know life circumstances didn't happen and if you've listened to me before and you know read my blog then you would know what that circumstance is but you know that happened and so I moved to another country and I decided to stay and, you know, built a business and COVID hit, came back, you know, started working for Microsoft and that didn't work out. 
And so, you know, now I'm doing something else. So I'm like, where do you, where do you see that I, I've been jumping around, ma'am? <laughs> mm. <laughs> like jumping around doing what? Like, you know, oh, cause I, I career switched. And this is one of the reasons why I wanted to do the podcast because, you know, it's like people think that you're supposed to stay in one job for the, your whole freaking life and never change and get your little 10 cent raise. And if you get a raise and, and go on about your little happy, merry, merry life. <laughs> but, but also if you're dealing with like, just, just the fact that you went from one country to another and you managed to be employable and acquire skills, that would be a great opportunity to hire, especially since most companies in the United States are multinational companies. So they have branches everywhere. So the fact that she would, it was, it was just a jumping around thing that was very weird to me. Um, given the fact that, you know, most people might not just move on to other positions, they move on for promotions, they move on to acquire skill sets. They're not just going to sit there for, for 10 years. And then you have to ask yourself this. If somebody was in the exact same position for five to 10 years. Oh, that would that be a black be... mark too. It would be a black mark too. So you can't win. Right. But then also it would symbolize that you really didn't learn anything in that position. Like if you stay in the same position, how, how do you know that person's current in the industry trends? They're only current with their like immediate job that's it it's not like they learned anything they didn't acquire any new skills there, there's nothing they just you know pass their performance appraisal and that's it that doesn't mean that they're current with their own industry definitely and so you know you you can't win on that either because oh you were at right. the same job for 15 years doing the same thing and got your 10 cent raise every year like oh why why did you stay there it's like well, you know, you can't jump around. So what 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 right. do you want me to do? So, you know, so it's like, look, I I got interests. I like learning new things. I you know, sometimes I pursue them permanently, sometimes I don't. So it's like, I don't know, you know. So um, you know, and you know, finding a company that that caters to that is 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 terrible too because it's like okay well sure I don't mind staying in the same position for you know two maybe three years and at that point okay I, I didn't learn the job and I'm, I'm about ready to go on to something else and do something else and usually it probably never it's not going to have something to do with what I was doing previously because like for what so you know give me something totally new to learn and and skill up on and you know be satisfied with but um but yeah, I think that's that's another issue is that, you know, they don't know what to do with me when it comes to that either. Because I'm like, okay, well, I didn't learn this. I want to go do something else. So that ain't got nothing to do with the other stuff. Right. But also, if they want you to stay, they should give you the the professional career growth and the advancement opportunities to do that. And if you do want to say go back to Mexico or anything and they have an opportunity for that, then they should encourage you, okay, all you have to do is post out and go into that and work there and you can be able to do that. They, I mean, 
they have expatriates or expat packages to be in other countries, then that could have been encouraged. And then you could have just stayed in. You, I mean, you could have stayed, whether it's Mexico or anywhere else, you can go there, live in that country, still work for the company, still be in the pipeline and everything. And I think that that's something that a lot of companies aren't encouraging, like ways to retain people or um, ways to train people um, who do like the company and potentially want to stay or want another opportunity and just a different division or a different region. Oh no, that's that's only for insourcing, not mm. not not you going somewhere else. That, that only works for people coming to the U.S. You you don't go anywhere. Oh. It only works for people coming to the U.S. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so no, they don't. You know, because even even when I was at Microsoft, like I applied for a position in Spain, right? Because speak Spanish, mm. right? And uh, denial. And, you know, I reached out to the recruiter and everything. They were like, yeah, we'll chat and nothing. And then, you know, I had reached out to a hiring manager in Mexico and stuff like that, but they were only hiring software engineers. And I'm like, I don't really care to be a software engineer. So, um, so yeah. Um, another thing is they wouldn't tell me the salary. And I'm like, well, how do I know if I want to pursue this if you ain't telling me what the money is? You know what I'm saying? So, you know, it's, it's, it's a lot of it's a lot of stuff and I don't even understand how people get hired at this point because it's like okay like I said I need to know where the money at you know what the conditions is what I'm gonna be doing and like no one no one knows um I'm gonna say the name Nestle Nestle uh told me that they don't give out salary and I'm like but so I'm supposed to do these four interviews with you and, um, you know, you, you give me this and then I'm going to have to come up there. That's what you say. Right. <laughs> That's what's going to happen. Not only that, they, they act like Glassdoor and Levels FYI doesn't exist. Like you can't get salary from them. Also, another thing is I noticed something new. It's relatively new that, that a recruiter would ask you, are you interested in a position without providing you the at least the job description and or the salary range. Now, up until like the final quarter of 2022, when I interacted with recruiters, they at least give you the job description. But I don't know why they think it's such a big imposition just to get a job description so you would know what job you're talking about. Remember, you eat meat. I should at least know um, the job description, and more importantly, you know, why you feel I was a good candidate for this job. So I would, whenever I would go on interviews, I would ask them, okay, where did you find me, all of this, and that was good so you can know, like, where your traffic is coming from, but just the fact that they feel it's a big deal uh, just providing the job description for, and you, you're reaching out to us, like, that's a, that's like an attitude thing, like, I can see why some of these HR people are getting cut because they think that they're doing uh, no seriously. If you believe that you just reach out to me and say I have a job and you don't have a job description or even the salary range, that was just weird. Yeah, I mean, I I didn't want to say it, but you know, I'd be thinking it. I'm like, I see why y'all the first to go, but yeah, I mean, they don't, you know, they'd be like. 
you know, they say you're supposed to do all these things, you know, reach out to the recruiter mm -hmm. and stuff like that. And, you know, a lot of them, if they do respond, they're rude. You know what I'm saying? And yes, I can tell you're rude through, through, through some texts, you know. Mm -hmm. um, they don't answer, you know what I'm saying? Um, mm -hmm. Or they're giving you the runaround, like, and, and this is the other thing I don't like. They reach out to you and then they don't even respond back. Like, how do you reach out to me and then don't respond back? Mm -hmm. So, I mean, you know, it was funny because it was a, it was a woman at Amazon. I wish I, I kept her name so I could see if she got laid off. But, um, you know, she said that she was going to help me find a position because like, you know, Am some, these companies named their positions funny. And someone told me that these companies named their positions these funny names so other companies can't poach you, right? And so... I was looking for a sales engineer position and Amazon doesn't call their position sales engineers, right? I think they're actually called cloud architects, right? And she said that she didn't know. So I was like, okay, well, if you don't know, can you like ask somebody, you know, cause it's like, this is your job. So I can know what I'm supposed to be applying to and you know, whatever. And she was just like, I don't know. So, you know, I hopped up on her post and I was like, well, you know, you told me you didn't know, even though you, you offering handouts, you know what I'm saying? And I told her, I said, if I told somebody I didn't know and then didn't find the answer, I wouldn't have a job very long. So how are you staying employed? <laughs> she blocked right. me, of course. <laughs> But, um, you know, it's like, you know, me, be, me being a consultant, it's like, okay, if I tell someone I don't know, I'm going to be like, I get back to you and then I'll go find the right. answer. You know what I'm saying? Right. So how do you get off that? I, you, I don't know. It's just the answer. And you ain't even going to find out and do your job. Like that's, that's some crazy stuff to me. So yeah, you know, I, I, I think it all the time, you know, <laughs> So you said it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then they don't know. They, they don't have a job description. But when you follow up, I, I don't know. You're going to have to ask the hiring manager. That's a, that's a problem when I feel that companies, yes, human resource may not be as technical, but they should have some type of summary experience of like the area in which they're in. Because just like outside the company, nobody knows if it's your first day or first week on the job. They believe you're the professional because you're the official point of reference for contact they have. It's the same with human resources. You are the official representation. You're the first person that we see going into the, the job application process. And if you don't know or you don't just have a basic understanding of like the area that you've been assigned, it doesn't look very well. And I do feel that that's why um, a lot of them were let go because they didn't, they just, they just kick it up the level. And so people were realizing, you know, these were the job descriptions. These people didn't know this, this, and this. And so now all of a sudden it's, well, we can get rid of them. And that's know, what that's was happening. That, and then they would have reason. attitudes too. And it was like, that wasn't helpful. No, that ain't the reason. The reason is they don't do their job. Like you can mm. literally interview, you know, go through 10 rounds of interviews. Right. And you never hear anything back. You know what I'm saying? And 
you know, as an auditor, I would have cases, right? Like a lot of times mm -hmm. I would have 20, 30 cases. And so I would have to keep track of which ones I touched. So every week, you know, I would go back through the cases and see which ones that, you know, I need to follow up again. Hey, where, where's the files? You know, what's, what's going on, you know, every week, you know, and, you know, I'm just not understanding. I don't think they have a hundred requisitions that they need to follow up on. So what is really the issue? I'm going to need you to get a spreadsheet. <laughs> and right. the last time I did this was June, whatever. Right. And then follow up with right. in the next week. Cause you know, I, I couldn't, I wouldn't have a job if I didn't do that. Like even when I was a consultant, you know, I would check in with my customer once a week and say, Hey, you know, I, I don't, I don't have an answer yet, but I'm just letting you know that we're getting it, you know, like, right. Right. <laughs> I just don't understand how they can, they can just do that. That's why, you know, they're the, they're the first to go because I wouldn't be able to do that in my job and, and, and still have one. Like that makes no right. sense. Like, okay. Exactly. I get that, you know, people that didn't have an interview and I still think that they should get a denial letter. Uh, sure. Yes. You know, they may fall through the crack, but someone that actually interviewed and they're not getting any responses. Oh no, 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 no. You got to go. You got to go. Cause you right. look bad as a company. You making me look bad. Right. And then also, I don't know who thought this was a good idea, but why is it if you don't get the position, why are they sending these surveys out? <laughs> like what is I, I don't know who thought I that. I was like, look, a good idea. Look, he he asked me the this question right here, and it didn't make any sense. Yeah, I go ahead and tell him. I'm like, I don't know what they do with them and stuff. But yeah, I didn't got plenty of ones um, where I didn't even interview. And I'm like, matter of fact, I just got one from uh from GitHub. GitHub. I didn't I ne never interviewed at GitHub and got one. I'm like, I ain't even applied for a position with y'all, and I don't know how long, but I got a survey. I told them in the, in the, in the thing, too, I didn't even interview. Why am I getting this? <laughs> yeah, so that's something that was weird. I wanted to bring us to you mentioning that. Like, how you get an interview, and, and you didn't get, get the job? Like, what, what type of, like, what type of feedback or intelligence gathering did you think you were going to get from from that because the people will most likely be happy, unhappy that they didn't get the position. So that's something I wanted to bring up too. I don't know because I, I get them and I don't even interview. So <laughs> I can't I yeah. can't even answer that. <laughs> I'm like, why am I getting this? But right. um I mean yeah, I mean, we can go on all day long, you know what I'm saying, about, you know, the experiences and stuff like that. But, you know, I, you know, I don't, I don't rightly know. So, you know, um, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm working for a Mexican company at this point, but it's like, um, you know, I might, I might want to go back to the feds at this point, because it's, it's, it's really, it's really insane. Um you know, because I always work for the government. Um, even my parents work for the government. And so that's all I pretty much knew. And so, you know, being private industry, it's like, okay, you have to negotiate and they do rounds of interviews and they do interviews that have nothing to do with the job. Like, 
where did right. you get it? You know, because um, I was not used to that with the feds. Um, you know, because the feds they'll give you a job and you don't even interview for it, okay? Because I didn't, I didn't done it <laughs> before. Um, and it's funny because there was this guy he inboxed me and and I think he was doing like six interviews or something like that. And I told him that was crazy. And so he inboxed me. He was like, "Well, what interview process would you do?" And I said. The government seems to hire people just fine off a, you know, 30 minute interview. They don't do rounds and right. they, they ask relevant questions. So, you know, those people end up staying till they die. Okay. Like you see those people and shit, uh, shoot 90, 90 years old still working there. So, you know, it, I, I'm not understanding these rounds in private industry. But uh, there was one recently that I saw. It was for a developer advocate position. I was like, okay, well, you know, it was like 32-hour weeks or something like that. Um, so I guess that would be, what, eight, uh, eight, uh, four eight-hour days, right? right? And it was remote. And uh, I was like, okay, I'll apply for it, right? And then I looked at the job bulletin, I mean, the application, and it was like the interview. They literally were asking you interview questions and they wanted responses. So I'm like, this is a whole interview, you know? Because if this was the feds, I would write out my KSAs, which they actually right, took. Knowledge, right, knowledge, skills, and abilities. I would write out my KSAs and you might get chose off of that, right? Right. Um, and then they were like, yeah, then you uh, interview four and a half hours with, uh, I think it was like four or five different people. And I'm like, four and a half hours and I'm not being paid is it's crazy, really crazy. So, um, I mean, maybe they'll find somebody. I hope they don't because, I mean, the whole, whole process yeah. Yeah. <laughs> is so crazy. So um, I guess, you know, they're banking on their benefits being a draw because, you know, I was like 32 hours. I'm like, shoot, that's, that's Gucci. So... <laughs> <laughs> I can't call it. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Sorry, y'all. My asthma's kicking my butt. This weather's okay. flip flopping. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, if you ain't got nothing to say, I mean, we can we can cut it. <laughs> yeah, I just hope that for twenty twenty three and beyond that the interviewing like aligns with the job description <laughs> and that it gets easier and it's not more rounds but less because I don't think that anyone should have to jump through as many hoops um I remember mm -hmm. like you would have one interview two max and that would be it and you could potentially know whether or not that was a good hire or not and also a lot of uh like very specific things used like like you mentioned culture in the beginning of like things that are that aren't necessarily necessary to the job they're just in there to disqualify people right and then they'll say they can't find people and that i hope that that goes away also in 2023 Right. But I mean, when they said they hiring for culture fit over skills, you know, because when I hire people, you know, I'm hiring for skill. Like, I, I don't really care about no culture fit. It's like, what, 
you know, can you produce me money? You know what I'm saying? Right. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't really care about culture fit, especially now since, you know, a lot of these jobs are remote anyways, what do I need a culture right. fit for? You know what I'm saying? Um, so, you know, that's, that's my whole other thing is like culture fit for what? And I don't see you every day, you know? Um, but I mean, that's, that's just a cop out. It's really just a cop out. Um, that's that's basically what it is but i also wanted to touch on these cloud interviews last thing um and these 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 questions that are being thrown out at you when cloud is a a physical thing you know what i'm saying that you maneuver you know you're on the computer Mm -hmm. and so you know for you to throw questions at me it's really crazy to me when there could possibly be a powershell or or bash command you know, or I can, you know, use the interface, you know, because, um, yeah, when I was at Microsoft, like, I rarely used the the interface. It was all PowerShell. Um, so I might be able to give you the PowerShell command, but, you know, that may not be the answer that you that you wanted. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Um, I think that's important, too. So my thing on these cloud interviews is that maybe instead of throwing questions out at people, they should be like, you know, maybe a hands-on test, but that would cost them money because the cloud costs money, don't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, you know, it ain't it ain't like coding where, you know, they, they got all this stuff, but I don't know, because you know, that's another reason why I'm like, uh, cloud, because you're you're throwing questions out at me. And I'm just like, well, I need to actually physically look at it and see if that might be the answer that I want to use, you know? So it's it's really crazy to me. But um I don't know, I guess somebody passing it, not me though. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> No, I had a, a couple of those interviews too, where what was on the description wasn't really what they were doing. So they asked me, I'll never forget. I had an interview and I thought, you know, I'll be doing cloud. I said, okay, well, I was an API person. I wasn't building and maintaining API. Right. And then I went in there and he was just like API. I was thinking like, that's the wrong interview. Now, granted, they put me back and allowed me to interview for something else. But that was like weird for me because I was like, nowhere was I creating API. It doesn't say anything on my resume for that. And that was the interview I got in. Also, what I would recommend is what they say, the specific language, because PowerShell and Bash is different than the command line interface or the third party that you can use to code on the command line. So if you have like more uniform of what was required or what you were asking for, that would also be very helpful too. Because I know PowerShell more than anything else simply because I came out of SAS, which is statistical analysis software. And PowerShell has a lot of portability. Um, but if you want people to do something else then you need to also write that down also which is very important no definitely it's like you know I, I I'm not understanding why you would throw questions at me when the cloud ain't no questions being thrown out at nobody it's it's like I'm saying right. you own the computer finagling it so you know that that really threw me for a loop um Cause yeah, I interviewed at a, a prestigious um, investment firm 
for a cloud engineer position. And that's when I made the decision that I wouldn't pursue cloud engineer positions no more because I'm just like, I, I have to see it. You know what I'm saying? Like, you can't just throw questions out at me. I have to, I have to literally see it and play with it, you know? Um, so I, I, I don't, I don't know. And like you were saying, the other thing is, I may not have touched that service. You know, I think Azure has like 156 ser services. And so, you know, I may not have touched that service. Meanwhile, you know, you're, you're on this service. So, um, you know, cloud don't really mean anything, you know, when you say the cloud. Right. That, so, that, that's important. I give you an example. Mm -hmm. I actually had an interview like that. This is AWS. So, uh, there's a, a service called CloudFront. And CloudFront is content delivery network. You, you know the man was asking me about LightSail? Uh, LightSail? That's funny because I, I actually use LightSail for, uh, for my podcast. <laughs> but he was talking about LightSail. I knew exactly what he was talking about. But still, what costs more is a very specific use case for one thing, and you can also do it with CloudFront and an S3 bucket, but and 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 keep your cost low. So when you mention you may not know the service, I had to talk about that because I had an interview specifically like that. So, I mean, there's other ways of doing it. There's also cheaper ways of doing it. But um, one of the things was I was like, oh, okay. Now, granted, I knew the service, but I wanted to um, add to that because that's something that also happens because they have many services. Like, um, I think AW has over 200 services and they're adding new services and they have stuff in preview and, and they expect you to like learn all of those services that you're talking about, you'd be like, I don't really use that. That's not my area that I'm working with. So I had someone reach out to me for, I think it was Power BI, right? And of course, Power BI is built on top of Azure, right? Mm -hmm. And yeah. she was like, oh, you work at Microsoft. I thought that you would know this. I'm like, Ma'am, there's all like there's all kinds of products at Microsoft. I mean, like what? Like, and you know, this is the stuff we talk about when it comes to recruiters. It's like, right. okay, well, you don't you don't even know like the difference, you know. But that's funny about LightCell because I mean, like for to me, LightCell would just be like WordPress. It's, it's that's all. It would right, 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 right. <laughs> but I was like, okay. <laughs> But uh, yeah, you know, it's, it's just like little stuff like that. And it's like, okay, I, I had went viral for a post where I was basically saying that, okay, well, if I know like the basic services, like, you know, Azure Monitor, maybe SQL Database, um, you know, uh, blobs, you know, like those basic stuff, I should be able to pick up everything else that goes along with your specialized service. Because that's the thing, right. like, you need to know these specialized things. And it's like, but where would I have learned this at? But but here, you know, like no one else uses this special stack. And that's, that's really where the problem lies. 
But that goes back to the culture fit because if they really wanted you, they would let you learn, right? <laughs> In theory. Yeah. But um, yeah, I just, I wanted to touch on that last little bit of, you know, they want you to know all these things and, you know, and the outside of that, people learn different ways because I'm I'm a visual learner. So you you throwing questions out at me, I'm like, bro, I gotta I gotta touch it, see it, you know. Right. I don't I don't know what I don't even know what you're talking about unless you know I'm I'm, I'm staring at it. So um, so yeah, I think that's another problem is that they cater to one one type of person. Um, I had recently went on an interview and they actually had the questions on the screen and I'm like, oh my gosh, I appreciate it, you know? Um, so yeah, I mean, like I said, we, we can go on forever, but, uh, but yeah, we can, we can wrap it up there unless you got something else. To yeah. Say. Well, thank you for the opportunity, Elise. <laughs> I greatly appreciate it. Let us know where you can find us at, Carla. Sure. You can find me at CarlaRJenkins.com, my website. You can contact me by hitting me on the contact page. And my universal social media handle is Carla R. Jenkins. So thank you, Elise, for the opportunity for the Nobody Wants to Work podcast. I greatly appreciate it. All right. Thank you so much, Carla, for coming on. Um, definitely, you know, we're we going to chat <laughs> as always. And <laughs> and uh thank you guys for watching um you can find us at nobody wants to work though podcast um nobody.chat website we're on google podcast spotify apple podcast and of course youtube um and sign up for the newsletter so you know when um the new episodes come out which is down below in the links um and yeah until next time <laughs>